chapter one of in the footprints of the padres by charles warren stoddard this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter one old days in el dorado seven a boy's outing there was joy in the heart luncheon in the knapsack and a sparkle in the eye of each of us as we set forth on our exploring expedition all of a sunny saturday outside of california there never were such saturdays as those we were perfectly sure for eight months in the year that it wouldn't rain a drop and as for the other four months well perhaps it wouldn't it is true that longfellow had sung even in those days unto each life some rain must fall some days must be dark and dreary our days were not dark or dreary indeed they could not possibly be in the two-thirds of the year dry season it did not rain so very much even in the rainy season when it had a perfect right to therefore there was joy in the heart and no umbrella anywhere about when we prepared to set forth on our day of discovery we began our adventure at mites's wharf we didn't go out to the end of it because there was nothing but crabs there being hauled up at frequent intervals by industrious crabbers whose nets fairly fringed the wharf they lay on their backs by scores and hundreds and waved numberless legs in the air i mean the crabs not the crabbers we used to go crabbing ourselves when we felt like it with a net made of a bit of mosquito bar stretched over an iron hoop and with a piece of meat tied securely in the middle of it when we hauled up those homemade hoop nets most everything seems to have been homemade in those days we used to find one two perhaps three huge crabs revolving clumsily about the centre of attraction in the hollow of the net and then we shouted in glee and went almost wild with excitement just at the beginning of Mines's wharf there was a house of entertainment that no doubt had a history and a mystery even in those young days we never quite comprehended it we were too young for that and too shy and too well-bred to make curious or impertinent inquiry we sometimes stood at the wide doorway it was forever invitingly open and looked with awe and amazement at paintings richly framed and hung so close together that no bit of the wall was visible there was a bar at the farther end of the long room there was always a bar somewhere in those days and there were cages filled with strange birds and beasts as any one might know with his eyes shut for the odour of it all was repelling the strangest feature of that most strange hostelry was the amazing wealth of cobwebs that mantled it cobwebs as dense as crape waved in dusty rags from the ceiling they veiled the pictures and festooned the picture frames that shone dimly through them not one of these cobwebs was ever molested or had been from the beginning of time as it seemed to us a velvet carpet on the floor was worn smooth and almost no trace of its rich flowery pattern was left but there were many square boxes filled with sand or sawdust and reeking with cigar stumps and tobacco juice need i add that some of those pictures were such as our young and innocent eyes ought never to have been laid on nor were they fit for the eyes of others 
there was something uncanny about that house we never knew just what it was but we had a faint idea that the proprietor's wife or daughter was a witch and that she being as cobwebby as the rest of its furnishings was never visible the wharf in front of the house was a free menagerie there were bears and other beasts behind prison bars a very populous monkey cage and the customary happy family looking as dreadfully bored as usual then again there were whole rows of parrots and cockatoos and macaws as splendid as rainbow tents could make them and with tails a yard long at least from this bewildering pageant it was but a step to the beach below indeed the water at high tide flowed under that house with much foam and fury for it was a house founded upon the sand and it long since toppled to its fall as all such houses must we followed the beach that rounded in a curve toward black point just before reaching the point there was a sand hill of no mean proportions this of course we climbed with pain only to slide down with perspiration it was our alp and we ascended and descended it with a flood of emotion not unmixed with sand nearby was a wreck a veritable wreck for a ship had been driven ashore in the fog and she was left to her fate and our mercy probably it would not have paid to float her again for of ships there were more than enough everything worth while was coming into the harbour and almost nothing going out of it we looked upon that old hulk as our private and personal property at low tide we could board her dry shod at high tide we could wade out to her we knew her intimately from stem to stern her several decks her cabins lockers holds we had counted all her ribs over and over again and paced her quarter-deck and gazed up at her stumpy mast she had been well-nigh dismantled and given sailing orders to our fellows amidships in the very ecstasy of circumnavigation she was gone gone to her grave in the sea that lapped her timbers as they lay a-rotting under the rocks and now pestiferous factories made hideous the landscape we found so fair as for black point it was a wilderness of beauty in our eyes a very paradise of live oak and scrub oak and of oak that had gone mad in the whirlwinds and sandstorms that revelled there beyond black point we climbed a trestle and mounted a flume that was our highway to the sea through this flume the city was supplied with water the flume was a square trough open at the top and several miles in length it was cased in a heavy frame and along the timbers that crossed over it lay planks one after another wherever the flume was uncovered this narrow path intended for the convenience of the workmen who kept the flume in repair was our delight we followed it in the full assurance that we were running a great risk beneath us was the open trough where the water two or three feet in depth was rushing as in a mill-race had we fallen we must have been swept along with it and perhaps to our doom sometimes we were many feet in the air crossing a cove where the sea broke at high tide sometimes we were in a cut among the rocks on a jutting point and sometimes the sand from the desert above us drifted down and buried the flume now roofed over quite out of sight so we came to fort point and the golden gate 
and beyond the fort there was more flume and such a stretch of sea and shore and sunshine as caused us to leap with gladness we could follow the beach for miles it was like a pavement of varnished sand cool to the foot and burnished to the eye and what sea treasure lay strewn there mollusk not so delicate or so decorative as the shells we had brought with us from the southern seas but still delightful such starfish and cloudy starch-like jellyfish and all the livelier creeping and crawling creatures that populate the shore brown sea kelp and sea-green sea grass and the sea anemone that are the floating gardens of the sea gods and sea goddesses sea-birds soft-bosomed as doves and crying with their ceaseless and sorrowful cry and all they that are sea-born along the seaboard these were there in their glory we hid in caverns and there dreamed our sea-dreams we ate our lunches and played at being smugglers then we built fires of driftwood to warn the passing ships that we were castaways on a desert island but when they took no heed of our signals of distress we were not too sorry nor in the least distressful at the seal rocks we tarried long for there are few spots within the reach of the usual sightseer where an enormous family of sea lions could be seen at home sporting in their native element and at liberty to come and go in the wide pacific at their own sweet wills there they had lived for numberless generations unmolested there they still live for they are under the protection of the law the famous cliff house is built upon the cliff above them and above it is a garden bristling with statues thousands upon thousands of curious idlers stare the sea folks out of continents or try to but they the sons of the salt sea and the daughters of the deep climb into the crevices of the rocks to sun themselves unheeding or leap into the waves that girdle them and sport like the fabled monsters of marine mythology seal sea leopard or sea lion whatever they may be they cry with one voice night and day and it is not a pleasant cry either though a far one they mouth so horribly long ago it inspired a wit to madness and he made a joke the same old joke has been made by those who followed after him it will continue to be made with impertinent impunity until the sea gives up its seals for the temptation is there daily and hourly and the humorist is but human he can not long resist it so he will buttonhole you on the veranda of the cliff-house and whisper in your astonished ear as if he were imparting a state secret their bark is on the sea the way home was sometimes a weary one after leaving the bluff above the shore we struck into an almost interminable succession of sand dunes there was neither track nor trail there there was no oasis to gladden us with its vision of beauty the pale poet of destiny and despair has written in the desert a fountain is springing in the wide waste there still is a tree and a bird in the solitude singing which speaks to my spirit of thee there was no fountain in our desert and we knew it well enough for we had often braved its sands 
in that wide waste there was not even the solitary tree that moved the poet to song nor a bird in our solitude save a seagull cutting across lots from the ocean to the bay in search of a dinner there were some straggling vines on the edge of our desert thick-leaved and juicy and these were doing their best to keep from getting buried alive the sand was always shifting out yonder and there was a square mile or two of it we could easily have been lost in it but for our two everlasting landmarks mount tamalpais across the water to the north and in the south lone mountain lone mountain was our calvary a green hill that loomed above the graves where slept so many who were dear to us the cross upon its summit we had often visited in our holiday pilgrimages they were holy days when our childish feet toiled hopefully up that steep height for that cross was the beacon that lighted the world weary to everlasting rest and so we crossed the desert over our shoe-tops in sand climbing one hill after another only to slide or glide or ride down the yielding slope on the farther side meanwhile the fog came in like a wet blanket it swathed all the landscape in impalpable snow it chilled us and it thrilled us for there was danger of our going quite astray in it but by and by we got into the edge of the town and what a very ragged edge it was in the dim long ago once in the edge of the town we were masters of the situation you couldn't lose us even in the dark and so ended the outing of our merry crew merry though weary and worn yet not so worn and weary that we could raise at parting a glad hurrah for health happiness and the hills of home end of part seven